Welcome to the Lingostown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. This sermon, Pastor George preaches about going and wraps up our series on going, gathering, and growing. It was originally preached on April 30th, 2023 at Lingostown Life. It is a, a good day to, uh, to be together, and uh, as, we, uh, as we share together in this time of worship, we, uh, we not only worship through our songs, but through our lives, through our gifts that we've presented to the Lord today, we want to thank you for that as well. Uh, before I get into the message today, just a, a couple quick things that I want to alert you to. Number one, you have a, a, a full sermon outline today. Uh, don't worry, the sermon's not that long, okay? Uh, but the first two pages are dedicated to the sermon. The second two pages are, uh, are all about, about asking questions. And the reason I, I, uh, I have this in here today is that we're going to be talking about how important it is to listen. And sometimes one of the best ways to listen is to ask a, a question of people. So this is, uh, this is some material you can take home and peruse. Um, at the, on, the, on the back of that, there is a, a little statement that uh, comes from Kevin Kelly, who wrote this book, The Inevitable. And he says, a good question is not concerned with a correct answer. A good question cannot be answered immediately. Um, I, think, I think in this rapid pace world in which we live, we, we want answers right away, and we tend not to let silence be a part of, uh, of our life, and yet sometimes it's in those silent moments that uh, we, can, we can actually be heard and we can listen to others. So just something for you to, uh, to read and digest this week in response to today's message. Also in your bulletin, uh, just a quick reminder, this series we've been talking about, about these three words, gather, grow, and go. And one of the objectives out of this series is to help you get involved with others within our community of faith to craft and create opportunities to gather besides on a Sunday morning, opportunities to grow together, and opportunities to go and serve together. So if you're interested in any of those options in terms of learning more about gathering, growing, and going, uh, we'll have a little brief meeting after the service today. Uh, we also will talk about the same things either Monday at 10 a.m. or Wednesday uh, at 6 p.m. And if you can't attend any of those, just send me a note and we'll, uh, we'll get you some information and uh, tell you about some upcoming times that we'll be talking more about that. So I've got a question up here on the screen. Take a look at that. And the uh, question is, what does good news look and sound like? What does good news look and sound like? You know, we're always talking about good news as a, as, a, as a community of faith. We believe that good news is what Jesus embodies and who Jesus is. And, and so the question that I want you to think about this morning is, what does good news look like in our community? What does good news 
look and sound like, and if you want to make, do it this way, this will help, what does good news look and sound like to my neighbor? What does good news look and sound like to my neighbor? Now, this is important because the only way, the only way you and I will ever know the answer to the question, what does good news look and sound like, is if we actually listen well to people around us, and to listen well to the people around us, that means that we must be willing to get up and go to where people are, go into our relationships, and listen to this, not with answers, but with questions that seek to understand. We're going to talk more about that, but, but oftentimes we think that, that we need to go with answers for everybody, but what if instead we went with questions so that we could seek to understand other people? After all, it's said that being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. And that comes from David Augsburger, who wrote several books uh, entitled Caring Enough to Confront, Caring Enough to Hear and Be Heard. Um, David wrote an awful lot about being able to be people who listen and listen well. So I love this quote, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. I mean, think of this. You've seen this happen in your own life, that when you actually take time to listen to somebody, they feel loved. And you can tell that somebody is delighted that you have taken the time to listen. Because we live in such fast-paced world that we don't oftentimes listen to people. It was Rene Leonc who invented the stethoscope who is quoted as saying, listen, listen, listen to your patients. They are telling you the answer. And in this, in this, in this post-Christian culture that we live in, you and I, as disciples of Jesus, we, we need a lot less training on how to speak the gospel and a whole lot more training on how to listen for the gospel longings in people around us. To quote John Rittner in his book, Positively Irritating, he says this, if we listen well for people's insecurities, their idols, sources of identity, and ultimate dreams, then we, can, then we can discern what good news looks and sounds like to them. But it all begins with listening. It all begins with listening. And I will, I will guarantee you that every conversation you have with someone today, even in the silence that sometimes hangs between people when there is a conversation going on, I believe that people are revealing the deep spiritual yearnings of their life. Even if they don't say anything that sounds spiritual, even if they don't use faith words to, to, to express it, 
I think ultimately there is a spiritual longing within people that you will hear in everyday conversations. Maybe you've heard some of these. Our family is struggling right now. I find that when I'm out in nature, I relax and all my anxiety goes away. My finances are in the toilet. It's okay to say toilet in church, just in case you were wondering, okay? I'm so worried. How do you deal with worry? I'm so afraid my kids are going to screw up. I can't wait to go on vacation, get away from my work. Did you hear about what happened to... There's a spiritual component in every one of those sentences I just read. In every conversation that you have with someone today, they will be revealing a longing in their heart that can only be satisfied through Jesus Christ. And our calling as disciples of Jesus is to identify those deep longings that point them to God and to communicate to those individuals the story of God in the language of their longing. Now, that's that last part that's probably a challenge for most of us because we're like, well, how do I communicate to to somebody the story of God in the language of their longing? Well, listen, read some of that stuff that I provided for you in your sermon outline. I think you'll figure it out as we go through this morning. It's not hard if we really listen. It's not hard if we really listen. And let me just say this as well, that these aren't conversations that traditionally happen in the church nor are they conversations that traditionally happen between a person and the pastor. These are conversations that you are involved in every day, at home, at work, over the fence with your neighbor, and maybe, just maybe, there are the conversations that you're carrying on with yourself. Now, we've talked about this over the last two weeks, that that life brings us difficult circumstances. And it's in those difficult circumstances that we grow the most, and that's why we need community. A, a, A people to gather with so that we can process it all with people who care, people who will listen and will help us see what God is doing in the midst of our everyday life. Now, you may, you may stop for a moment and think about gathering and growing as sort of being inward focused or, or focused upon yourself. After all, you, you, you gather in a relationship because you know that it's going to do something for you. And sometimes we think about growing and how that, how that helps us to grow um, individually. But gathering and growing... Well, they have an outlet, and ultimately the gathering and growing are always directed toward us going. The gathering and the growing are what move us to go. 
And going implies action. Going means moving purposefully. Going, going means that we aren't standing still or sitting still. Going is what being a disciple of Jesus is all about. So let's go back to our vision statement for a moment, okay? We are a community of faith being transformed by God's grace. What's the last line? Inspiring people to become disciples of Jesus. That line, even though it doesn't have the word go in it, definitely implies action. It implies movement with purpose on our, uh, on our life. And so if we are going to live into this vision of inspiring people to become disciples of Jesus, it requires action that takes us in the direction of people who don't yet know that they are deeply loved by God. It requires action that recognizes that how we carry ourselves in our daily life will make people curious about our life, and action that moves us into the needs of our community so that we can restore hope and dignity and honor to people. And that kind of action comes from listening. That kind of action comes from listening. Listening, first of all, to, to Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, but it also comes from listening to the people that God sends us Two. So this morning, I want to offer you three passages of Scripture that basically give us the impetus for this kind of action. And the first Scripture is from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, Jesus has died. He has been resurrected. Now he is about to ascend back to heaven. And the disciples are all gathered around wondering, what's, what's, what's next? What's next? And this is what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says to them, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my, what's the word? You will be my, speak up a little louder. Thank you. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. There is action, purposeful action in this statement. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, when Jesus spoke these words to the disciples, he was calling them to action. You see, the good news isn't something that we keep to ourselves. Uh, there, were, there are people in the next town, the next state, the next nation, they need to hear the good news. And Jesus was sending the disciples to people who had never heard the good news. They had never heard that God loves them. And so Jesus, I want you to note this if you go back and read, Jesus never said to the disciples, I want you to set up a church here in Jerusalem, open the doors, and everybody will come flocking in. Did he ever say that? No, Jesus always told his disciples that they were to go. 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 
Jesus sent his disciples because Jesus was sent by the Father. He knows that we cannot sit, we must go. And I think one of the fascinating things, there's a, a passage in, I think it's the book of Galatians, where it says that, that at just the right time, Jesus came. And you know, historians look back at, at the world when Jesus was born, and, and they, they marvel at, at what was going on in the world. And, and some have said maybe that's why Jesus came when he came, because because of all the modern conveyances that the people, uh, that the disciples used to tell people that God loves them. First of all, there was the Roman road system, okay? You know, we all think about the interstate highway system and how it connects people all over, uh, all over the United States. But in Rome's day, the Romans had built a road network so that they could carry goods and so that their armies could travel. There was this extensive roadway system all over the Mediterranean. And so the disciples used that to carry the message of good news everywhere in the world. They also were blessed because at the time, everybody, everybody in that Mediterranean basin all spoke the same language. Now, that wasn't necessarily their first language, but they all spoke the same language at the marketplace because that's how they were able to communicate with each other. And the language, the language happened to be what, what's called Koine Greek. It was a common language that everybody knew to be able to interact with each other in a marketplace. And if you, if you follow Paul's journeys through the book of Acts, Every town that Paul went to was a hub, sort of like this area, you know, all the trucks that come through here, all the distribution centers. Well, Paul would have come to a place like Harrisburg because Paul knew if I go to a place like this, I can tell somebody here and that message will go to the ends of the world. Think about it this way, folks. Paul used the World Wide Web before there was the World Wide Web. And that's what all the apostles did. They used the modern conveyances. So people say to me all the time, well, pastor, we don't really need to have church online anymore. Oh, yes, we do. Hi, folks. Turn around, wave to the camera, whichever camera's on right now. Say, hi, folks. There are people watching you right now, okay? We're sharing the good news with people. Sometimes, sometimes it's people we know. Sometimes it's people we don't even know. You see, sharing the good news, while, while it may happen individually, it also happens through the modern conveniences that we have. It's just something to think about. See, you and I as disciples of Jesus, we get to carry the good news to people every day. We get to carry it wherever we go. Uh, and the challenge is how well we are listening to the heart cry of the people that we are meeting with. 
because they are telling us about the hunger of their soul. And what we need to do is we need to listen to the Holy Spirit in knowing how to respond to the opportunity. But what did I say at the beginning of service today? Well, there are people out there who want to tell us our, their story. Most of us are more involved in our own story, and most of us really couldn't care less about somebody else's story. So what people are looking for today is someone who is willing to listen to their story. And if you really, truly listen, you will hear their story. And you will hear the longing of their, their heart. And so I, I want you to understand that if you are going to start to listen to people, you need to start by building authentic relationships with people, not relationships that are like, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Nope. You need to just start a relationship with somebody because you truly, truly, truly want to care for another person. That leads me to the second scripture this morning. This is from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And if you've been around here for any length of time, you've heard this and you've heard what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it one more time. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give an answer. One more time, folks. You and I need to live a questionable life. Now, not that kind of questionable life, okay? But a questionable life. You need to live the kind of life that when people look at you, they want to know, why aren't you like everyone else? They want to look at you and they want to question you about why your life is unique in a world where people live some pretty questionable lives. So let me step back for a moment, back to last week's message. Okay, last week we were talking about the fact that people will see you all the time going through difficult circumstances. And as I said last week, listen, if you're not going through a difficult circumstance right now, you've either just come out of one or you're getting ready to go into one. So, we all have difficult circumstances. And when people see you in a difficult circumstance, the people who are watching you are learning something about who you are. They are learning something about your faith, something about your character, and they want to know what precipitated the change in your life. Because when people see hope and love and joy in your life, they want to know what makes you different than everybody else. Because we certainly don't live in a world where people are filled with hope and love and joy. Uh, honestly, we live in a world where people live on the dark side of this culture. And if you and I live a life of hope and love and joy, it will be the kind of questionable life that will make people curious about your story. And guess what? When someone is curious, they're going to ask you the questions. 
And when they ask you the question, it's an invitation for you to share what's different about your life. So that's the question I started with this morning. What's different about me today as opposed to six months ago? Hopefully it's positive, right? Hopefully you're a different person than you are than you were six months ago. Hopefully you've taken on more of the character of Jesus. Hopefully people have seen a change in you. And when you see, when people see that change in you, they're going to ask, what made the difference? And some of you might just be like scared to death to say, well, Jesus made the difference. Why? If Jesus made the difference, Jesus made the difference. See, it's very simple. I mean, all you need to really do when somebody asks you a question, why are you different today than you were six months ago? Tell them what you were, tell them what happened, and why you're different today. Very simple formula. This is who I was, this is what happened, and this is who I am as a result. Folks, when you follow Jesus, when you really follow Jesus, not when you invite Jesus to follow you, but when you follow Jesus, people will notice. People will notice. You won't have to say a word. People will notice. And when you follow Jesus, not only do people around you, or not only do you change, but so do people around you, and so do the circumstances of people's lives. And that's the miracle of following Jesus. And that leads us to our third scripture, which is from Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Now, Jesus is just beginning his ministry. He, he has walked into the synagogue and the, the scroll of Isaiah is handed to him and he rolls it around a few times till he finds the verse that he's looking for. They didn't have chapters and verses, so, you know, he had to look. He's looking. He finds it, and he starts to read in the prophet Isaiah, and it's recorded here in Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was sent by his Father to transform people's lives. Jesus did not come selling fire insurance. Jesus did not come to do what Hal used to do. He, he didn't come to give you insurance. He came to turn the world upside down, or in reality, to turn it right side up. Jesus came to transform people's lives. He didn't just come to get people to heaven. He came to change the world in which people live. He came to announce a whole new way of life in the here and the now. Now, when Jesus made this statement from the prophet Isaiah, he said, I have come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
Everybody in the room knew exactly what Jesus was referring to when he uses those words. He's talking about the year of Jubilee. It's what happens every 50 years for the people of Israel. Every 50 years, the slaves are set free, people's property is restored to them, and the land is laid to rest. There's no farming. There is no producing in the land. Everything rests. And it is God's way of reminding people that, that you are to care for one another and to care for this world, and you are to do it in such a way that every 50 years you have a celebration that changes and transforms everyone's life. When Jesus inaugurated his ministry, he was telling people that to follow him meant we engage in actions that move us to the needs in our community so that we can restore hope and dignity and honor to people. I'm going to tell you quickly about something that happened yesterday. Uh, yesterday, the Nutripack program had a, a, a breakfast to celebrate all of the volunteers. So if you are a NutriPAC volunteer, raise your hand this morning. Come on, get them up there. Hi, there's several of you here. We had probably, I bet, 15 people or more in that room uh, yesterday. But, uh, but during, during the, uh, the program, our Central Dolphin School District superintendent, Norm Miller, got up, and he, he started by talking about when he came 10 years ago to the district, he said there's this, there's this index that they use to, to tell something about the wealth of the school district. And he said, when, when I came 10 years ago, we were up here. He said, we're a, a wealthy school district. He said, 10 years later, and he was talking specifically about the needs that we see in the schools because of the need for this NutriPAC program. And he said, we used to be up here, now we're down here. We're no longer a wealthy school district. And that's why, that's why instead of preparing meals for 200 kids, we prepare meals for 600 kids. The, the number of people needing food so somebody doesn't go hungry at night continues to rise in this district. What it should say to all of us is that there is a need and we need to change it. We need to change this community because there is no child in this community who should ever go to bed hungry. There, there should be no kid in this community that has to go to bed in the back seat of a car tonight. I'll tell you what, God's heart breaks for kids who go to bed hungry and have to go to sleep in a car. Jesus said, I've come to proclaim good news. That's not good news. 
And yet, that's what we're called to do. A number of years ago, Julie Castle came in my office and she was telling me about, about something she heard because she had her ear attuned to what was going on in the community. And she said, PG, there are teen moms and dads out there who need, who need a lot. <laughs> they need clothes and they need cribs and they need car seats. And so she and, and Monica Ordenoff began what is called Lambs Today, the Lord's Angels Helping Moms and Babies. They are now literally filling the hole upstairs at the, down at our Rockville campus. I want them to tell you a little bit about what it means to listen to the needs in our community. Hi, I'm Monica Ordenoff, and I'm Julie Castle, and we are the co-founders of The Lambs, Lord's Angels Helping Moms and Babies. We started out in 2009 with a simple request and one storage tote. We now occupy the entire third floor of Rockville United Methodist Church. We are serving not just parenting teens anymore, which is how we started. We are now serving families in need in our community. We help them with everything you can imagine from clothing, new and used, car seats, strollers, cribs, anything for the care, safety, and health of their children. Some of our social workers and clients have given us so much feedback and heartwarming stories about how much LAMS has impacted them and what a difference has been making in their lives. One of our social workers said that to see their clients' faces light up when they receive an item like a bathtub to bathe their baby or a crib so their child can sleep safely is just irreplaceable. We truly are making a difference in people's lives and we could really use some help. We sure can. And on Monday mornings, we're currently at Rockville from 9.30 a.m. until 12 o'clock p.m. And at, during this time is when we have our clients come in and gather items that they need for their kiddos. Caseworkers come in and gather much needed items for their clients. Sometimes it's clothing, sometimes it's strollers, sometimes it's cribs, whatever it is that they need, we help them to collect so that they can then take it to their clients during their home visits. Um, <clears throat> this is a great time for volunteers to come in and see what we do, meet some of the people that we serve, um, interact with the caseworkers and hear some of their stories, and of course help us to sort and organize the many donations that we have coming in on a regular basis. Um, we're seeing a lot of immigrant families, sing single income families, um, single parent families, and LAMS is reaching out and helping these folks to um, relieve the stress that comes day to day with trying to provide for their children um, and give them the opportunity to be the best parent that they can be. How many times have we heard, you know, do they buy groceries or do they get a car seat? Correct. Car seats aren't cheap. Those are things that are luxury items to a lot of people that don't have the means to provide for what they, what they really need to keep their kids safe. So these are these are real life situations where they have to make a choice every day of what it's going to be, how they're going to care for their child and where are these resources going to come from because they can get formula, they can get food stamps, mm -hmm. but they can't get diapers necessarily. And or, they can't get wipes. And they can't get wipes and they can't get car seats and cribs. So these are all items that are really necessary to keep these kids safe. Exactly. And there's nothing more 
fulfilling and heartwarming from our perspective than when we can serve a client and we help them out to the car and we load them up with all the things that we've provided for them and they ask, can I give you a hug? And during that hug, the tears start to flow. Um, and they are just so grateful and so appreciative. So um, you all can be part of that. Absolutely. And we have so many opportunities to volunteer, not just on the sort sessions, but we also are doing our second annual Rockin' Out for Moms and Babies. It was a huge hit last year. We did really, really well. We it's going to be at the Susquehanna Valley Harley-Davidson. It's going to be on June 4th from 12 to 3 p.m. We have a live band, Renegade Radio. We have an ice cream truck coming. We have hot dogs, hamburgers. We're gonna have a live, we're gonna have actually an online auction this year, which is new. So you'll get a preview the week before. You can start bidding on on certain items that we have. And there's some really good items. Yes, I there mean, is. Like, really good items on there this year. So it's a great way for us to raise money. And most of that money actually goes back to things like car seats because they're so expensive. Correct. But so many opportunities to serve, so many opportunities to help um, lambs and the community. And you can follow us on Facebook. Please like us and follow us on there. And then you can reach out to us. Our contact information will be on one of the slides. You can email Julie or I, call us, you know, however you want to get a hold of us, but just do it. Yeah. Or stop by Rockville on a Monday morning. On a Monday morning. Come Thanks see. so much. Come see what it is. Thank you. So what was the question I started with today? What does good news look and sound like in our community. That is what it looks and sounds like. That's what it looks and sounds like. Good news looks and sounds like disciples of Jesus who because of their gathering and their growing are acting so that people know that they are loved by God, are living out the character of God so that people are curious to know more, and are meeting basic human needs in tangible ways that restore people to dignity. I guarantee you, wherever you go today, you're going to meet somebody who has a story. And you're going to meet somebody who wants to tell you that story. The challenge is, are you going to listen? You're going to listen to their story, and are you going to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you about what to do next? All you need to do is be ready to go. Thank you for joining us on the Lingostown Life Podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more on www.lingostownlife.org. God bless you, and may you go forth and love God and love others.